Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast, Phoenix, Arizona. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 3 has to say. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be compassionate, I'm sorry, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who can relate to that little clip from Everybody Loves Raymond that we, we just played? I, they're good. There's a, I know I can. And I know that in my family, there are often times where we struggle to communicate. Maybe it's not just myself and my wife, although that happens too, but myself and my children. Um, my parents are both gone now, but there was a time when I struggled to communicate between myself and my parents. It's just such a big, tough issue that we're facing all around in our world today is how can we get on the same page and communicate deeply with one another? And that's exactly where we're, where we're headed this morning as we look at what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3. In a family, communication is going on at many different levels. That, that was shown clearly in the clip where there's the sigh and there's the words and there's all the body language that's going on. So how do we get that on track? Well, this morning our title is called Expression Deficit Disorder. It's almost as if in today's world there's a medical condition going on, uh, EDD that we're having these struggles to communicate with one another called expression deficit disorder. So I wanted to uh, kind of lead you through that this morning and talk a little bit about what expression deficit disorder really is. I made a little bit of a list so you can do a self-diagnosis of whether or not expression deficit disorder is going on in your house. Before I read the list, you know how I love coaches. Great coaches are just amazing and have an amazing way to um, to talk about things. Red Auerbach, famous coach of the Boston Celtics, said this about communication. He said, it's not what you tell them, it's what they hear. And just as any coach knows, if you've ever coached a team, you can say lots of things. It's not what you tell them, it's what they hear. Same thing in families. So let's go through a list and, and, and let's just ask ourselves, is it all about what we're saying or is the other family member under my roof hearing what I intend them to hear? Okay? Expression deficit disorder is when one person consistently dominates the conversation. That's number one. EDD, expression deficit disorder, is when our conversations frequently descend into negativity. EDD is when there's no back and forth, no true desire to listen or understand one another, only to win. Our conversations are really contests. Knowing each other 
is not the goal of the conversation. It's killing each other. Expression deficit disorder is happening when there's finger pointing and blame shifting. It's when there are constant demands made and the family conversation is full of criticisms and complaints. EDD is when there's a complete ignoring of a family member, a refusal to hear that family member's voice. EDD is when real issues don't get put on the table. And when they do, it's only because there's an explosion of anger. EDD happens when respect is absent, and that's clear from constant interrupting of one another, ridiculing one another, constant sarcasm, name-calling, cursing and swearing, and a general lack of compassion, sympathy, or humility. How's the diagnosis going so far? EDD, in short, is when getting even is more important than giving grace. And you'll know that EDD is taking place in your home if having fun just talking is a distant memory. Pretty powerful stuff, this expression deficit disorder, a pretty powerful disorder. And I have to ask you, why does this happen? Why does this happen under my roof and under your roof? How can we allow those kinds of, of things? Well, I think you know that the real answer to that, maybe you do or maybe you don't, is that we have a heart problem. And that the real answer to why there's expression deficit disorder is that our hearts are not filled with the love that God calls us to have in our hearts. Let's, let's take a look again at that passage that I read at the very beginning of the service from Peter. Now understand that Peter, when he writes this, he's talking to a church of Christ followers, okay? This is not unbelievers. This is not people that don't know God. This is followers of Christ, Christians. But these are Christians under stress, tremendous stress. Because Peter is writing to Christians in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and they're under persecution. And under the onslaught of the persecution, these Christians scattered throughout, their communication is breaking down. And their love is breaking down. Now, with that in mind, listen to what Peter says once again. He says, finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called. You see, stress was doing to these Christians in Asia Minor what stress does. It was attacking their relationships at the very root of their ability to communicate with one another. There was little desire left to live in harmony with one another, little sympathy for one another's sufferings, little motivation to see a family member as a family member, little compassion, little humility, little mercy, little grace because the pressure was sucking 
all of the love out of their hearts. There's another problem. We don't meet it quite so strongly in our text, but if you read the whole letter of 1 Peter, you'll meet it quite clearly. And that is not only were they failing to love one another, they were failing to love the truth. And so what was happening between these Christians and splitting them apart was they weren't getting real issues on the table with one another. They were hiding and escaping and, and running away with telling each other what's really going on in their lives. They were covering things up. They were, they were indulging themselves in escapism. Let's not deal with the real issues and problems in our lives. Let's just keep them quiet so that we don't hurt anybody's feelings. Little love and little love for the truth were humongous problems in these people's lives and I will maintain that those are the same two basic issues that disrupt communication in our world today that cause expression deficit disorder. And I think those problems are running rampant, which is why I think that there's a lot of expression deficit disorder going on. We today struggle with these issues. Do I have enough love in my heart? Am I allowing the pressures of life, the hardships to suck the love away from my heart so that I'm just concerned about me? I'm under so much pressure that all I can think about is number one. And number one in my life is not God, it's me. Or, alternatively, are we failing to love the truth enough to say, we've got to get this issue out here. It may cause conflict. It may cause trouble for a time. But we've got to get the issue on the table. And, and, and more than that, you'll find this in Peter too, it's a love for God's truth. Are we prepared to go back into the Bible, God's truth, God's wisdom, and say, what, how does God want me to communicate? And to look at these words and take them seriously, finally, all of you, and I'll just add a couple words, under your roofs, in your homes, between you and your wife, your husband, between you and your children, your parents, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as true brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but repay evil and insult with blessing. Our first question that we're trying to deal with today is, why can't my family just talk? That's your fill-in, the word talk. Why can't my family just talk? Well, there's the answer. Our hearts need to be filled with love, and a love for the truth. And if we don't rid ourselves of this heart problem first, we are not going to be able to talk. Take a look at the passage that I put in your crosswalk notes from Ephesians chapter 4 because Paul addresses the same issue with the Ephesians. And I think here's a key phrase that I hope you go home with today. Paul writes the Ephesians, he says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Do you, do you know how tough that is? <laughs> to speak the truth in love. 
Now, sometimes we can be loving and sometimes we can be truthful, but to hold both of those high at the same time and speak the truth in love with those whom we do love, that can be so hard. And yet, what, a, what an amazing God we have. Do you know how Jesus is described in John chapter 1? As being full of grace and truth. What a great thing for you to think about, for me to think about as we go home and we get back under our roofs today. Just that little phrase, speak the truth in love. Just that little thought about who Jesus Christ is. He is full of grace and full of truth at the same time. And if we do that, we may find the answer to expression deficit disorder. Why can't my family just talk? Be in love and be in love with the truth and you'll talk better. Now here's the interesting thing. Man's wisdom would teach us that when communication breaks down in families, when we can't talk, number one solution, throw up your arms. I can't talk to that man. He just never listens and he won't tell me what's in his mind. He won't tell me what's on his heart. I give up. Ever heard that? Ever said that? Another thing that the world will teach us is we need to get in control of ourselves. So that's kind of the opposite. The world teaches both, you know. One, I give up. Number two, I got to try harder. I got to get in control of my tongue of my mouth. I got to work at it and work at it and work at it. And I am never going to give up until I am in control of this mouth of mine. Worldly wisdom. Another thing the world will teach us is there are little tricks. Have more family meetings. If you have more family meetings, now by the way, I'm not against family meetings. I think they can be a useful tool. But you know what? Family meetings don't get at the heart of the issue. You can have all the family meetings in the world if you don't have love in your heart and if you don't have a love for the truth in your heart, those family meetings are going nowhere. Do you see the recent TV commercial about family communication? Here's the world's wisdom about family communication. Buy a van and make sure that van is equipped with a table in the back, right? and that your kids gather around that table as you're driving down the road in the van and they're playing board games and as they play the board games in this van that you've just bought with the table in the back family communication is just gonna marvelously open up that's the world's wisdom God's wisdom is a little bit different God's wisdom as expressed in the Bible is be compassionate and sympathetic Love one another. Don't repay insult with insult, but repay insult with blessing. Amazingly, how different that is. And you know what else? Here's another amazing thing. I want you to take a, a close look at this passage. Look at um, verse 9, top of your crosswalk notes, or if you're in your Bible, 1 Peter 3, 9, it says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing... Now, I want you to circle or underline this next line. But to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. 
Isn't that amazing? And in fact, Peter expands on this. Go down to verse 10. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. God's wisdom promises that when we practice what he's just told us, the sympathy and the love and the love for the truth, things will improve underneath our roofs. Day to day. Check it out. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Remember how I said that it's about the heart. And if God changes our hearts, and he promises to do that, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Amazing thing that happens. Now, here's what I want you to do. Pull out your crosswalk notes. First, we're going to talk about how God changes hearts. The qualities he's going to bring into our hearts. And then we're going to talk uh, about the way, the method God uses to change your heart and mine. So, what are the things that are going to happen to your heart once the Holy Spirit changes it. Peter says, first of all, harmony. Write down the word harmony. And above all these qualities, you could really write the spirit-driven decision. The spirit-driven decision, okay? You're going to hear me repeat, repeat that. So harmony is the spirit-driven decision to work together, right? Work together. To suppress your own ego, right? Suppress your own ego. And choose to adapt to others' needs. That's what harmony is. Three qualities that the Spirit will grow in you. It is the Spirit-driven decision to work together, suppress your own ego, adapt to others' needs. Second word. Peter talks about sympathy. What's that? Sympathy is the spirit-driven decision to be interested in someone else's problems instead of just your own. Key point of that, interested in someone else's problems. Peter mentions love. Love is the spirit-driven decision to be willing, one, to go out of your way, and two, to give of yourself. To go out of your way and to give of yourself. That's love. Fourth thing Peter mentions is compassion. The spirit-driven decision to open up your heart to someone else's pain and trouble. That's compassion. Opening up your heart by the Spirit's power to someone else's pain and trouble. Two more. Peter mentions humility, and he mentions gentleness. First of all, humility. You've heard me say this about humility before. Humility is not necessarily thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less and of others more. Do you understand the difference? I'm not saying you should put yourself down. That's not humility. That's not God's humility. It's just thinking of yourself less often and thinking of others more often. That's true humility. You don't have to think less of yourself. You have to think of yourself less. 
That's humility. And the last one is gentleness. Gentleness is all about getting rid of the payback syndrome. Ever had the payback syndrome? It is the spirit-driven decision not to play the payback game. To hold back, as, as Peter says, when someone insults you, don't insult them back. Return insults with blessings. Okay, so that's how the Holy Spirit wants to change your heart. But I suppose we could put it this way. Part two, how does the Holy Spirit want to change your heart? If it's a heart issue, if the issue truly is, I don't love enough and I don't love the truth enough, here's what has to happen. Better communication is not about better technique. Better communication is really about knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's as simple as that. You're sinful. I'm sinful. If we want to get rid of a sinful heart, there's only one thing that can cleanse our hearts. The blood of Jesus Christ. His sacrifice on the cross took away all your sin. His death there paid the punishment that was due to you for your sins. His resurrection is the proof that God is no longer angry with you. That the communication wall that had gone up between us and God is gone. Now, I want you to think about that. What is the root of our communication problems in our, in our families? You know what it really is? It's sin. And what does sin mean? It means that when Adam and Eve sinned originally in the Garden of Eden, a wall went up. And not first and foremost between Adam and Eve. First and foremost, that wall went up between Adam and Eve on one side and God on the other side. Now think about this logically. If you and God are not communicating because there's a wall of sin between you and God, how in the world can you hope to communicate with your spouse or your child or your parent or your brother or sister? How? When you can't even communicate with God. And this is why I say that the key point to getting rid of expression deficit disorder is to accept the gift of Jesus Christ that God has given you. Now, here's the cool part. I know and you know, I don't have any power to accept that gift. I'm dead. I'm an enemy of God. But God did more than even just send his son. He also sends his Holy Spirit through the preaching, through the teaching of his word, through baptism, through the Lord's Supper. And he gives us a second gift, a powerful gift of his grace that when we hear the Bible taught, when we're baptized, along with those words and along with that water, God changes your heart and cleanses you from your sins and forgives you and calls you to faith and gathers you into his family. Is that not amazing? Two powerful gifts of God's grace, first of all, his son, and then his Holy Spirit, so that now we, we, we receive 
Jesus Christ, and that changes our lives. I probably can't preach this nearly as well as the family that I mentioned earlier. And I just want to, before we show this clip, tell you that it's, it's a little bit of an emotional clip. But I so appreciate Sam and Heidi Bailey for sharing their story with us this morning. And um, they're going to tell you, just like it is, that when we're under stress and pressure, the way those people in Asia Minor were, it would be so tempting for communication between us and God to break down, for communication between us as loved ones to break down. But what Sam and Heidi are going to tell you is that as you keep walking closer to God in faith, he is able to do amazing things. Yeah, he's already given you eternal life. That's yours, a free gift. But listen to Sam and Heidi talk about what God in his power can do for you today too. So I guess our story started two years ago. It was the fall of 2005. Um, we'd been married for about a year and a half and decided we wanted to start a family. So um, our first month that we tried, we got pregnant and we just thought that was amazing. And I remember looking at each other and being like, that was it? Like, it's that easy? What is everyone else talking about? Like, you just try and it happens and you're pregnant. But then that following week, we lost that pregnancy. Um, so that was a very short-lasting one. We hadn't even told anyone that we were pregnant yet, so we kind of just suffered through that one mm -hmm. on our own. I did end up telling my mom, um, but that was pretty much as far as we went with it. And then just a couple months later, we were pregnant again. And um, by that time, this was now January, and we had um, gone to Crosswalk a couple of times in there, but we weren't going regularly yet. Um, but then by the end of January, we had lost that pregnancy. So then we started um, going to Crosswalk more regularly. We I found out I was pregnant again. Um, so this was the third one. We'd been coming to church more regularly. I was feeling like I was really connecting with God more than I had in the past. Um, you know, looking back from the first pregnancy and we didn't have a church yet and now we'd been going to church and I was feeling really comfortable there and really good about it. So I was praying like 24 hours a day basically <laughs> if I was awake. In my head I was praying to God that this baby would be okay and that this baby would make it. Um, by Father's Day weekend, we had found out, um, I went in for an ultrasound, and there wasn't. There wasn't a heartbeat. And I was just laying there when the ultrasound technician excused herself to go get the doctor. I knew what was happening at that point, but I was just laying there and I was asking God for a miracle. Because I knew that he was the only person that could make that baby's heart start beating. At that point I needed a miracle that was all that could fix it. 
didn't happen. I was, I try to get humor in anything, and I was thinking, you know, maybe we're gonna be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most, <laughs> for the most miscarriages. But, uh, <laughs> and that kind of humor was not about to make me feel better uh, exactly. at that time. We're going to hear a little bit more from Sam and Heidi. What an amazing story of the grace of God and how God has walked through them through all the pressures and things that they've gone through in their young marriage still. You know, that's what we all need, isn't it? To know that when we're going through the tough times, God loves us. And we need no more evidence of his love for us than that he sent his son, his own family member, his dearest family member, so that your family and my family could have healing and could communicate and could live under Christ's love. And then drawing from Christ's love, love one another and love the truth. Ah, oh, it's just an amazing thing what God will do to heal expression deficit disorder under the toughest, the toughest of circumstances. That really answers the second question that I had for you today, and that is just this. How can my family love life? Your family can love life when you lean on Jesus. We said that our problem of communication is a heart problem, right? And we said that that heart problem is a lack of love and love for the truth. Well, you want love, you need life first. Look at your crosswalk notes. I put a couple of passages in there that are so vitally important to our understanding of what Sam and Heidi were just teaching us there. And they'll teach some more in just a minute, but look at John 20, 31 in your crosswalk notes. But these are written, this word of God is written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Eternal life to be sure, no question about that. That is the greatest gift that we have in the name of Christ. But also the life here, and I can prove that by showing you another passage. I also put this one in your crosswalk notes. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You want to have a full life? You want to have a life that's filled with love and a heart that's filled with love? Even Peter says it, doesn't he? Doesn't he say it here when he says, whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. You know, when Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, working in the Word, enters your heart or mine, amazing things happen. Instead of separated from God, we're now in God's family together with Him. Instead of separated from one another with communication breakdowns and the inability to truly talk at a deep level with one another, Christ, once He lives in our hearts by faith, can do all those things for us. He can help us make all of those changing changes. Remember, when the wall of separation 
between you and God is broken down by the blood of Christ. That's the beginning of the breakdown of all the walls in all of our lives and, and them getting destroyed. All the little Berlin walls that we've got built up in our human relationships. The breakdown of those walls begins with the breakdown of the wall between God and you through Christ. When your heart changes, your words will change. I put one final passage and then I'm going to let Sam and Heidi teach the rest because they do this so much better than I could. But will you take a look at Matthew 12, 33 to 37? And here's, here's really the question I'm trying to answer right now. What can heal your family from EDD? Jesus' answer is this. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, he's talking to the Pharisees here. How can you who are evil say anything good? Do you catch his point? You're evil. How are you going to produce good fruit unless your heart gets cleansed? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth can't bring forth anything that's not in your heart. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they've spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. What can heal my family from EDD? Only one person, Jesus Christ. And when by the power of the Holy Spirit he comes into your heart, that's where the healing begins and continues. Jesus is saying here, when our hearts change, so do our words. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Jesus Expression, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks, leads me to one practical suggestion for you this morning. And that practical suggestion for how you can end EDD is the answer to this. How can I get more connected to Jesus Christ? Right? Because what we just said is we need Jesus to change our heart. And what I'm going to tell you this morning involves you grabbing your bulletin folder right now, please, and opening it up and pulling this book out. I want you to look at this with me for a moment. Do you know how the Holy Spirit draws Jesus into your heart so that your heart can be changed and then your words will change? It's by studying the Bible and by getting connected to other believers. Our Crosswalk Growth Groups are here to help you get more into God's Word and into the fellowship with other believers. How important that is, Sam and Heidi do a great job of explaining. So I'm going to be quiet here and let them tell you. It was like... Immediately after we found out we were pregnant again, we started going to growth groups for the first time. And it was um, prior to signing up for growth groups, 
um, they'd handed out like booklets of all the topics so you could see what they were about and I um, how we decided I just gave that book to Sam and I was like okay you pick one whichever one you want to go to is the one we'll go to and he picked the Tuesday night love languages <laughs> and I guess this whole story for me just helps reiterate the fact that God puts you exactly where you need to be when you need to be there um, I think probably the second week of group was when we told them that we were pregnant um, and there was another couple in the group that was also newly pregnant and a couple who was far along pregnant <laughs> but um, it was a group of people all around our age um, but none that we'd really we didn't know them yet at all when we got there we may have seen them at church and said hello and shook their hand but we didn't know anybody yet um, but they became through that whole process they became like our family out here when we found out we were pregnant they were excited for us they were happy for us um, but then it was like the following week that we were back there and we found out about our miscarriage um, and the people in that group they gave us support that I I mean it still amazes me to this day because even the rest of that summer when I was going through all the testing like the ladies were constantly asking me how I was doing and what was going on and if we were finding anything out and it was like I almost feel like I was I almost feel like I wasn't a good friend because it was kind of all directed towards what I was going through um, I guess that's just how selfless they were um, the like a hundred percent they were there for me and mm -hmm. then um, through the next pregnancy and all that came to follow they've still they became like our closest friends out here they are like our family yeah and they're still there for us to help and I mean anytime we need help there calling at night or emailing. Mm -hmm. It's like we made lifelong friends through that group and we never expected that you know we just thought we'd been going to church for a few months we had taken the 101 class so we'd become members and we're like okay we need to do this you know <laughs> like pastor wants everyone to be in a growth group we should probably try this now so we just did and it turned out to be one of the best things that happened to us out oh. here. So yeah, like we lived out, we lived in Phoenix for uh, four years yeah. before coming here, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, we had friends from people from work, but we didn't really have any close friends until the growth, these mm -hmm. growth groups. Yeah. So, and, you know, people that you can really count on or rely on to for support or anything. Yeah. By the third pregnancy, I was so terrified of having another miscarriage that I was like, I was trying to control everything. Like anything you would ever read that a pregnant woman shouldn't do, like I was like taking it to the extreme, you know, like not one drop of caffeine. Like I wouldn't even touch raw meat to make dinner, you know, like I was laying on my left side like any chance that I could and like that doesn't even matter till later in pregnancy but I was like seven weeks along you know trying to do everything in my power to make sure this you know didn't end in a miscarriage and it did of course because I was trying to control everything so by the fourth pregnancy I was in such a different place 
just spiritually, and I finally realized that God was actually in control, and I just needed to let go and let him be in control, um, because he had a plan for us, and we just had to wait and see what it was. So. And now she's here. <laughs> Yay, we finally got our Hannah. I think we could have 10 kids and I'll be 10 girls. <laughs> You're not going to test that, Mary. <laughs> no. I wish I could preach the way Sam and Heidi just preached. What an amazing story of the love of God and what God does for eternity, because we have heaven as our home, and what God does right now. And my encouragement to you, just like... Heidi said, Pastor wants all of us in a growth group, is experience the love of Christ in the Word of God by getting together with a group of other Christ followers and studying the Scriptures. You will truly, by the power of God's Word, come to know how much God loves you. And even more, as you just heard Sam and Heidi teach you, you will experience the powerful love of the church, of joining hands with Christ-following friends and understanding how important that love is too. So join a, a growth group. That's my practical suggestion for ending expression deficit disorder. I know it might not seem like the direct path to healing communication under your roof, but God's Word is powerful and it will do amazing things. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus for me and for all these people gathered here today. And indeed, Lord, you sent your son to take away the sins of the world. And that is amazing. Lord, you healed the breach that was between us and you. The broken down communication that happened when Adam and Eve fell into sin. You made a plan and you followed through on that plan. And you made us one again with you. Lord, help us to find that same reunifying gift of your love under our own rooftops. Help us, by the power of your spirit, by the love of your son, to, to live out in our own lives the love that you first showed to us. And in so doing, Lord, please bring healing to any expression deficit disorder that might be going on in our midst. Help us all to know that when we rest in your love and your forgiveness, that's the beginning of the end of walls between us and our cherished loved ones. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at crosswalkphoenix.com.